This is Family Meal with Natalie Pelletier, a podcast centered around family recipes, but exploring much more. We talk food, family, and the jobs these creative chefs, foodies, and dreamers have had along the way. So pull up a chair, grab a plate, and let's dig in to Family Meal. Welcome back to another episode of Family Meal. I am so excited to have you guys listen to this interview with my dear friend, Danielle Robay, who is a TV host and entertainment reporter currently based in Los Angeles, but we've known each other since we were kids back in high school. And I have just had the pleasure of watching this woman hustle and grow. I mean, she never ceases to amaze me. You guys, she was Chicago's youngest morning TV host on The Morning Jam a few years back. And um, Larry King, yes, that Larry King, said, Robe finds a way to draw people out. She can't help it, and you can't help but oblige. I mean, I certainly didn't when we were chatting. Um, But I just... You are in for a treat, and also her grandma's recipe that she brought, molten chocolate cake, is a treat. And just so you know, all of the recipes are available in the show notes. They are linked at the bottom. And if you follow at Family Meal, family underscore meal underscore podcast on Instagram, they are also posted there as well. Please excuse the sirens slash the background noise. Again, this podcast is taped, recorded at my casa. And I'm fact-checking myself early. I said that my grandma passed away in 2011. Um, She passed away in 2001 when I was 11. And um, that, I believe, is the uh, the only thing. So, again, I hope you enjoy this episode with Miss Danielle Robey. I always get a little nervous before recording just because, you know. Yeah, it's a weird feeling. Right? I think I would too. And like podcasting is a whole different vibe. It's a whole different vibe, but I've also known you for like, oh my God, 10, like more than 10 years. But I actually, so I don't do podcasts because I'm really, I'm really bad at them. So no, really, I'm really bad at them. I've done like three and Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm never, I'm like, unless like Oprah calls, I'm never (laughs) doing a podcast again. And then when you texted me, I was like, of course I'm going to do it. I feel so honored. No, because I would never feel comfortable doing it with anybody else. So don't feel nervous. I feel as nervous as you do. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're both nervous, but, um, really it's silly. I've known Danielle Robay for, um, since we were in freshmen in, in high school, which, was that um, 2005? Yeah, that was 05. Um, so almost 15 years. Which is insane. Yeah. Wow, that feels like, I'm just, I have like a picture of the freshman campus of, of us just, I don't As know. you drink out of your nutrition. I know, I, you guys, <laughs> I have a Turvis tumbler, courtesy of my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sue. Shout out to Sue. Sue P. At Style by Sue P. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, Danielle is just a presence. She is a force. I am so so happy to have you here. And um, obviously, I want to talk about career stuff, but like family, you know, you have such, you know, just being your friend, I know that you have a very close relationship with your parents and your and your brother. And um, I just think that that's something so special. And for people in our industry who are working such crazy hours and everything. It's just been 
a great support system to have. Oh yeah. It's something I think about a lot too, because I think, um, you can get wrapped up in your to-do list and crossing things off and accomplishments mm-hmm. and not to say those don't make me happy because they do. It's why I'm out here pursuing things. But, right. um, when I think of what brings me the very most joy in my life, I think of family dinners, family vacations, laughing on the couch and, um, I will always, always put that first, no matter what. And I hope one day to create that in my mm-hmm. own right, you know? Yeah. What are your uh, sort of like earliest memories of those family vacations? Where did you guys like always go to um, a few places or? Yeah, that's such a good question. I So my dad grew up um, with not a lot of means, I should say. Mm-hmm. And so um, he would like do crazy things to travel because he loved to travel and he had no money. So he would, like, offer to drive some old man's car down to Miami (laughs) for him, you know, and he would pay for the gas, and then he would sleep on his friend's balcony at night just so he could be in Miami for a few days. Oh, my gosh. And when that, like, hurts my heart when I think about it, you know, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm so grateful to him because I think he was the one that really brought like travel and family mm-hmm. vacations to our unit. And so it was always something that was really important. And so like, um, it was like our family was ne- like our, the value system was such that it was like never about like, do you really need those new jeans or do you want to go on a family vacation? And like that was always priority. And mm-hmm. so, um, from a very young age, I have memories of, we always went to South beach cause my dad loved Miami. Miami. Uh-huh. Um, and we, we used to have family there. So we would go, mm-hmm. um, and just like hang out with family and then also be on South beach. And then as our older family passed away, we still went to South beach <laughs> always for Thanksgiving, which was funny. Yeah. Um, we always went there. Uh, I have some family in San Diego, so we would go there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Arizona for spring break. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, the trips have gotten a little bit more international, which is great. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, I think the next one is Japan, which will be cool. <gasps> oh my God. I'm so jealous. That is like top of my list of places to go me travel. Me too. It's, I, and eat. I, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> say this but I see it all on Instagram that's like where I see people's travels I mean I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing it definitely gives me like travel envy but at the same time it also gives you such resources of where to go yes especially for food especially for food but also yeah but also just for like seeing certain gardens or certain whatever um yeah the geotag location is uh creepily helpful and have you heard of these google map things no. What are so those? these are incredible. These actually changed my life. They're like people make their own Google Maps, so you can go and they're public a lot of times. So oh you God. can go to like you look at Norway uh-huh. and you look at Chinese food, and people have like the list of the top Chinese <gasps> food in Norway. Like it's incredible. How do I not know about this? Yeah. They. Oh my God! I'll be up until three a.m. Yeah. <laughs> like flagging. I'm sure you can. Can you like heart? Oh yeah, like and you can make your own. Things? They're incredible. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Google. Good job. I know. They beat Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can't do that necessarily because I like try to like save all my things in different categories and then I just like never really know. I never go. Okay. When I I, screenshot things, I never go back. Nope. Nope. Mm -hmm. No, that's so, that's so true. Um, it's so funny you said that you guys went to Florida over Thanksgiving. Growing up, my family and I, we would go, my grandma lived in Marco Island, which is right off of Naples and we would always go down and 
it was so important for Chicagoans to like get sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Need the vitamin D. We need the vitamin D. Yeah, it's true. And I think Florida's like a quick trip. California's kind of far from Chicago, you know, like Florida's two, two and a half hours. It's quick. It, It was quick. I think that that's why my family, it's funny now talking to people who live here, they're like, oh yeah, we would go to Hawaii. I was like, yeah, that was like a far, a far trek from Chicago. Yeah. We didn't, we never went there. Yeah. It's, that's on my list too oh, of same. places. That's um, like Maui or Big Island or, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, to eat pokey. <gasps> yeah, that would be good. And shaved ice and just like Maybe we can water. do that one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Girls trip. <laughs> yeah. Hawaii. What are you doing over no- in November? <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, as it. it gets chilly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm all for that. Perfect. Um. So kind of going back to your family, did you growing up have days where you would like your mom was like, we all have to eat dinner together on Wednesday or, you know, I feel like you and I both had such crazy schedules that it, that maybe wasn't the case, but were, Mm. were there any sort of like things that your family tried to implement in order to sort of like. You know what? When I look back, I feel bad saying this. I hope my mom doesn't listen, even though she will. Um, (laughs) I almost wish there was more of that. Mm -hmm. And I give her a lot of credit. She was working full time and doing everything at at the home, um, at our house. So, I I mean, it must have been chaos for her, but... I wish there would have been more, like, mandated things. We, I, For a while, she tried to do, like, Shabbat dinners on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fridays, like, you always wanted to go to your friend's house and watch movies on right. Disney Channel. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, the Disney Channel original movies. Yeah. So that was hard because I would push back on that. Right. Um, but she was working. So, like, she would... We ordered food a lot, mm-hmm. which is why she said that's her biggest failure as a parent because both my brother and I don't really cook. Um, and I think, first of all, it's not just her fault. It's also my dad's fault. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there was a lot of ordering. A lot of ordering. I'm really good at dialing those numbers. Yes. Where would you guys, where were your go-to spots? <laughs> Little Red Hen, of course. Of course, Little Red um, Hen. Vernon's mm-hmm. was a lot. Well, it's in Hubbard Woods. There was like a Greek place in Hubbard Woods yep. we would order from. Is Vernon still there? No, that's yeah. gone. Um, yeah. Otherwise, like, she would make turkey burgers that would, like, last. Like, we would freeze them and then yeah. like, freeze them. Uh-huh. Um, but also, I was like... I had a different relationship with food in high school than I do now. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I was easy necessarily. Like I was so obsessed with counting calories and stuff that I'm like, I'm only eating a salad for two years. Right. You know? Oh my God. Um, so I can't imagine it. That was easy for, for her. Yeah. Yeah. God, I know. I'm trying to like think back. I know that my mom definitely tried to have us eat dinners together, but yeah, it's the same kind of thing. I hate how like washy my memory is like I can't really remember like I see like our table and I see whatever but I'm like yeah and like me fighting because I know that my brother I the one thing I hated was that my brother was like four inches or he maybe wasn't four inches but he was taller than me but we also like (laughs) weighed the same amount and he like wouldn't eat and I'm like god damn it Quinn just like eat yeah that's so annoying (laughs) (laughs) so I don't feel bad yeah (laughs) No, that's so annoying. I would be so mad. Did your Did you and your brother get along growing up? 
Uh, not when we were little. We fought like crazy. But as we got... When I went to college... Remy, what his name is again? Blake. Blake, yes. Um, when I went to college, our relationship changed. He got a little nicer. I think he missed me in the house. And then when he went to college, it really changed. Because I think he grew up a little bit. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Which we needed for our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but now he's like my best friend. Yeah. Is yeah. he two years, three years younger? Like two and a half. Two and a half? Yeah. He's always like, don't tell anyone I exist. I don't want anyone to know about me. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So he'll kill me. <laughs> right oh now. my God. I love, I love pimping out my little brother. Yeah. It's the best. Although your brother is like super cute. He's easy to pimp out. He's, but like he has a girlfriend, so I'm not like pimping him out, but I just like, yeah. like, you know, I don't know. Just we messing still, with him. We can still <laughs> pimp him out. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, these cookies you made are so good. Oh, thank you. Wow. They, um, they're, they're the recipe that I, you know, it's the share. Recipe. It's Do the you rec- share it? Yeah. Or is oh, it your yeah, secret yeah. recipe? No, I will uh, completely, when this podcast comes out, this is like the recipe I will, I will oh share God. with the world. Um, it's going to be a dessert filled recipe episode. Yeah, I know. Cause you're, oh my God, you guys, she shared her grandma's, um, Molten chocolate cake recipe, and it is, whew. It's really delicious. My grandma is actually the cook of our family. Your mom's mom or dad's mom? My mom's mom. Um, she grew up in Europe. <gasps> she did? Where did she grow up? In Amsterdam. In Amsterdam? So she is, if I know, if anything I know how to make is really from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I, we would love going to dinner at her house on Sundays because she made the best food. So... When I needed a recipe for this podcast, I skipped over my mom and went straight to my grandmother. <laughs> grandma. Where does where does she live now? Um, half the year in Chicago and then half the year in Florida, which is funny. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So you get to yeah. see her um, when you go home if you're like lined up with her schedule, which is exactly. so nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, is her is your grandpa still around or he actually passed away like two years ago, um, which was interesting because um, he was my first grandparent to pass away mm. and so it was um, it was sad but it was interesting to see how the family dynamic shifted like everybody yeah. deals with death so differently totally and, um, I think there is something to like having a patriarch and a matriarch of a family and dynamics shift when people pass away have you felt that at all? Yeah, well, I mean, not to, I don't want to turn this whole podcast into me talking, but I haven't no. had grandparents since I was, like, in eighth grade. Wow. Yeah, and we had six. So That's sad. <laughs> yeah, so I, like, cling to old people, like, for dear life whenever yeah. I, like, meet them in a special way. Um, I understand that. But, yeah, so I've, like, haven't known... Also, both my parents' parents were divorced. Yeah. So it was, like, different in that way, too, where I, I had grandparents, but they... It was like um, Mima and um, oh my god, I'm that's kind of progressive. You, you know, they were both, they were divorced. both divorced, but um, yeah. So both the grandpas, like both my mom's dad and dad's dad, were single, and mm-hmm. then both of their moms had to be married. But my dad's mom passed away when I was like three or something. Oh. You know, so I like didn't. I have pictures with her, um, but yeah, my mom's mom. I knew she passed away. Um, in 2011 mm-hmm. when we were in fifth grade. So, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, tell, so was your, has your grandma sort of like assumed the role now of like I head think, of, head of house? Yeah. I think she was always kind of head of house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's just been sort of inspiring for me to see her, honestly, mm. because, um, so I interview people all the time. And one of the reasons I love to interview people is because, um, I feel like they teach me to live better with their stories. Yeah. You know, that's like kind of a gift that I get to hear all these interesting mm-hmm. people tell me their stories. And I really, I'm listening, you know, I'm truly mm-hmm. listening. And, um, I think my grandma in all this has taught me to live better because, two things really stand out. One, um, I'm amazed at how much time and energy she puts into her friendships. And she's always been that way. Mm. And I saw how that came back to her when my grandpa passed away. Like, she has plans every single night. Mm. And I think she, if she didn't, she'd be very, very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, a lot of people don't have that. And she does because she cultivated such a yeah. like, great friendships. Um, and then also... She's constantly doing new things. Like, she's joining clubs and museums and traveling. I mean, she takes so many trips. It's, like, it's really inspiring because um, it's very easy to just sort of live in the grief, which, mm-hmm. like, is also okay. But I I think that's pretty remarkable that she's tried to rise above it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And still, like, keep on living and not, like, yeah. one of my things this month um, that I'm trying to do is not age compare and I think that that That's is really so good. beautiful that she is just like what sparked that for you oh you know just pilot season just reading yeah. who is getting things and also just being That's I'm really very, hard I'm in the very, acting world I'm very comfortable in the fact that I'm 28 years old yeah. um, fun fact Danielle and I have very similar birthdays we're both Capricorns um but yeah, I think that it's it's tough, like really just like owning and being okay with like, okay, my time is coming, but like also my time could be right now. So just like sort of having that, mm-hmm. you know, you you wanna be able to like be present, but also accept the fact that like it could not be for a couple of years and still keep living and still be, you know, not just like grieving. Yeah, happy in a different present. way, you know. Yeah, you have to course. you have to, you know, be learning and growing and doing things for yourself um because that phone's not gonna ring all the time (laughs) no it's really hard you know yeah I'm with you I think age comparison is um really tough and I think it's sort of been amplified by social media oh for sure I mean the fact that you know we're this interesting generation where we knew time before social media and now we know obviously what it's the impact that it's had but Yeah. yeah when Again, like we were talking about, it's so helpful in, in traveling and whatever, but then you just are able to see so fast, you know, how people's lives can change if they get certain roles or if they're, you know, they're these young things that are, uh, like, so happy for them that they're, like, getting these roles and everything, but I'm <laughs> so like... So happy for them! I'm just kidding. So happy! <laughs> but also, like, it wasn't, really meant, but it, like, wasn't meant for me, you know? Yeah, no, there's this... Um, There's this great quote that my friend said um, that is, what is meant for you, wait, what you miss wasn't meant for you, and what's meant for you won't miss you. Mm. And I've actually kind of been living by that one. Yes. Um, Because I do see that in my own career, like things that I really wanted that I'm like, how did I not, like I was perfect, like how did I not get that? And I was like stewing about it like a year Uh after, but a year later I see like, that was not meant for me. I thought it was, Mm -hmm. but it actually wasn't. And like, I didn't realize that at the time. Right. So, um, 
yeah, are there, are there anything, anything else that you kind of go to, to sort of like help you pump myself up? Yeah. What are other, well, books changed my life, Mm. um, about, I've always loved reading like since I was a little kid, but in college, I think because I was reading so much for school, I started watching like a lot of content Yeah, and I forgot about books for some reason. And then about five years ago, I just started reading again. And those changed my life. Like if, if you are interested in doing something, if you have a passion, if you want to be a cook or an actress or an electrician, whatever it is, like my best advice that anybody's given me and that I give to people now is be obsessed and study the people that you think have done it best. So mm. watch every interview they've ever done, every TV show they've ever been in, read every single book that and any essay they've written, you know, and just like be obsessed. Ooh, and that's great. so for about eight months, I quit a job that I thought was going to be my dream job like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't have another job lined up. I didn't know like how I was going to pay my rent. It was like probably the scariest time of my life. And I started reading like crazy and I just started watching every interview and I studied Oprah and Howard Stern and Barbara Walters and Chris Connolly, like anybody I thought was doing it best. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my whole life and career shifted after that. I mean, yeah, if you're putting that much energy and you're just like, I can be a student. Yeah. Oh my God. That just reminded me of my last day of college because I also love learning. Um, I was like, oh man, like this is like sad. I won't have any excuse to like come to class and yeah, learn. totally. But I like to this total nerd. I was like, it's okay. I'll be a student of life. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's a thing too. Like I think um, you, like you're not an interviewer by trade, but you're doing this whole series, and like it's because you're innately curious. Yes. Right. And I think that's so incredible. Um, and now you are an interviewer. And now I am an interviewer. Yeah. And it's like. I just think you do have to be a student of life, and that's mm-hmm. um, that's how you find the beauty in the little things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny um, that growing, now that we're more adults, I think just it's funny how our relationship, I'm sure you felt this too, has changed with your parents. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as much, like, I remember there was a shift where I was like, oh, they don't they don't know everything. <laughs> and that's a crazy moment. And and they and then I'm teaching them shit and they're leaning on me now in ways that I didn't, you know, expect ever. When did that shift happen for you? Cuz that's interesting. I felt it. Yeah, that I mean that definitely happened um out of college and I was living here um in LA and you know, as as parents do, I think they were going through a little rough rough patch in the old marriage. Um, <laughs> that happens. lately, you know, but it does. No, I it's think like there are ups, ebb and there are ups, ups and downs, ebbs and flows, and both my parents were coming to me and asking me for advice, and I oh also sort of like put up this wall. I was like, "Fuck you guys!" Like, I don't want to be. But I also care about both of them so much that it was like it was definitely a, a moment where I was like. Okay, got to put on my big girl pants and, like, listen to, to what... Yeah, but it, that's hard, because it's like, I don't want to know some of this stuff. I know, but then, you know, you... you. They call it being a parentified child. Oh. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. I learned sense. that from a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> do you see a therapist? Um, yes, mm-hmm. I do. 
Um, her name's Amy. She saves my life on a day. I'm like, can I have her number? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I actually Skype her. She's in Chicago. Oh, that's amazing. Um, but she has um, really helped me. I, as I've gotten older, I've wanted to confide in friends less, in family less, and I've just wanted to be more private. Oh, that's so interesting. But it's not helpful with feelings, and so I felt, like, way more comfortable talking to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that is. I mean, I get it. It's like you... These people have got to know you so well, and then it's it's tough because on top of having these feelings, you don't want to feel judged by people who you love for having those yes. feelings and going through this shit. Like, yeah, I don't I d- need them to know... Like, I don't need my mom to know certain things. Yeah, and yeah. it's like... That's also a funny thing, because I, I used to be such an open book with my mom. Sorry, I don't tell you everything now. Um, I'm the same. But it's like, you know, you, you, you also learn, too, that that's helpful for you. I was just going to say, you, know, you it's not it's, most healthy for you. Yeah. Yeah. And if that isn't picking up every time they call, or if that isn't, you know, sharing with them about... So I remember I used to tell my mom, like, every time I had an audition, and that was exhausting, because then she would ask... follow-up. She would ask... How'd it go? I don't know. I'm done with it. (laughs) I didn't get it, okay? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did that kind of thing happen with you in a similar or different way, or not not at all? Not as much, because I think our careers are a little bit different. There's not as much auditioning in what I do. Right. Um... But I actually think it happens more with dating for me. Mm. Like, I don't tell her when I go on dates now because I don't want the follow-up question. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I'll sometimes, like, tell after the first, like, I don't know, four yeah. dates or something where I'm like, okay, like, I think that this person might be around for a oh, little yeah. bit. Oh, yeah. And then you can the And then you can. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise, she has so many opinions. I'm like, you haven't even met him. <laughs> Moms and their opinions. Oh, my dad has opinions too, though. (laughs) So does my brother. Everyone has so many opinions. Everyone does. Yeah, I guess that's why I have a lot of opinions too, though. Hey, that's, I mean, that's what's so beautiful is like you, you know, you really, I think you can go two ways in life. You can become so like your family or you can become completely opposite. Yeah, it's true. Of of your family. There's not a lot of in between. I don't really think there is. Which way do you feel like you've gone? um, I feel like I'm so like my family. Yeah. You know, the good, the bad. The, you know, I wake up early like my dad. I, like, can stay out till whatever time. I'm not, I'm thinking of, like, drawing a blank on what the phrase is. But my yeah. mom's, like, a part, you know, night owl. Yeah. Um, my brother, what if I, I don't know, Quinn and I, it's funny, kind of like you and your brother, the two of us have gotten closer now that we're out of college, um, or, you know, past college age, um. But yeah, we just like it's great just to like listen and talk to him as as like an adult confidant. Mm-hmm. But someone who also you know genuinely like really loves you. Like it's different than a guy friend. Oh, for sure. You know. I'm always amazed at what wisdom my little brother has. I'm like, Dang, when did you, you learn that? <laughs> like my brother the other day was like, "Yeah, I think I'm going to go start seeing a therapist." Um it's like, and I was that's like, awesome. Where did you get that one? Or like, he like a few years ago, he's like, Nat, I think I need some hobbies. And I was like, 
Awesome. Good. Proud of you. You do that. That's so cool. You do that, little yeah. bro. You're on the right path, Quinn. I know. So do you, you see your um, your dad's gra- um, parents, like that side, the grandparents that often? Yeah. We, so we used to go there every Sunday, mm. um, which was really fun. Did your dad and grow up in the Chicago area? Yeah. Okay. He grew up in Lincolnwood. Um, which is right by Skokie. So mm-hmm. um, we'd go there every Sunday, and my grand, his dad, my grandpa Marvin. Um, grandpa Marvin. Yeah, <laughs> I called him Papa. He was probably like the largest force in my life, um, and he just passed away this November. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in, I was living in Chicago for like a year and a half, and I feel like the timing was meant to be because yeah. I got to spend that year and so a half. Like I was with him, him every Sunday. Um, which was so special. And so, um, yeah, now I have my two grandmas. Did you guys on Sundays when you were there do like dinners? Yeah, we always did dinner. We always would like order food in. And then, uh, cause my dad's mom, I love you, Nana, but she cannot, like, she doesn't even put spice on chicken. <laughs> it's like, with my mom would be like, this is even bad for me. <laughs> um, so we always ordered food, usually from this place called Elwood's, which is delish. Um, and my papa is really the reason that I love politics. So, um, those family dinners on Sundays, mm. my papa and my dad would start talking about politics and... My brother would go tune out, and my grandma would kind of just sit there and listen and maybe add a few things, and I wanted to keep up. Yeah. And I always liked history and stuff, and mm-hmm. so as I got older, I would, like, prep for those Sunday Oh, dinners. my God, that's epic. Like, I would, like, read all week and study because I was like, I'm going to show my papa that I know X, Y, and Z, you know? So, um, yeah, that those those dinners were actually, like, very important in my life. Oh. Oh my god, that's that's just amazing. And like, yeah. you know, it's crazy cuz now this is what you're doing. Yeah, for your for your career. I, I this know. is an offshoot question, but I was thinking cuz so Danielle was on this morning show in Chicago, The Jam. Yeah. And she was one of the three co-hosts and you had insane hours. Yeah, insane. I was up at like 2:45 a.m. every day. It was nuts. Like how, <laughs> how, who, what? But like, what yeah. did you? What, your whole schedule was like whack. Did your body like was it hard on your body? Like how? When did you eat? Like yeah. what? It was actually was really that? hard on my body. I was. I knew that um, this wasn't going to be like a forever schedule, mm-hmm. and I knew how valuable the experience would be. So I committed to it and was like, I can. You can do anything for a year, and mm-hmm. then after that, we'll see how much longer I can do it. You know. Um, but I was most nervous about sleeping because, um, is it the circadian rhythm? Is that what it's called? Like it's, you're not supposed to wake up when it's dark out. It's really not good for your body. And so, um, like all the sleep studies say that you need like 7.25 hours. And I was like, I'm never going to get that, you know? So, um, I felt jet lagged all the time. That's like the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. But I do think from that experience, I trained my body to sleep less because I always needed a lot of sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, I was one of those people that was like, eight hours is not enough. Eight like, hours I need nine. Nine, nine no, hours really. bust. Seriously. Like, I, like, need my sleep. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't feel good. Yeah. And so I was nervous. But I think you can train your body to sleep less. And I, since then, I read some books that say that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not fun. Like, sleep is really important. Well, sleep is great. Yeah, you see it in your skin, your mm-hmm. like your your gut health, like all of it. 
Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So you, did you, like, do anything weird where you would, like, have lights sort of, like, wake you up? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I got Sonos speakers, and I would turn on music. Um, and I was always so nervous about missing my alarm, so I set, like, Five. I had, like, an old school alarm, my phone alarm, a battery alarm, because I was like, what if the power goes out? <laughs> You know, because in Chicago, like in the winter, who knows? Yeah, you never the know. Power goes out. Right, right. I only overslept once, and it was only like twenty minutes, so it was fine. So, did you still make it? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, my co-host one time like woke up right before the show started, and somehow still made it. It was Damn. unbelievable. But we were like, "Where is he?" <laughs> I'm like, I can't talk about sports. This is not going to go well. This is not going to go well. Yeah. Um, that was funny. Yeah. So did you, like, wake up and, like, have coffee then? Or would you, like, just wake up and sort of, like, get to set, get all ready, and then at, like, 6 yes. a.m.? No, I had my coffee. I would Uber. I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. So I would wake up, have coffee in our morning meeting, because otherwise I just was on was the it? floor. You were like, eh. Yeah. I needed to wake up. And then I would study. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go do hair and makeup, study more, and then um, do the show. And then usually I'd have another coffee after the show because otherwise I couldn't make it through the rest of the hours. What time did the show wrap? It wrapped, uh, what was it on? From 6 to 8 okay. a.m. And then we'd like be doing stuff in the office till 10. And then I'd produce and write some stuff till like 12 or 1, mm-hmm. go home. And then... Um, try and work out. Yep. And then I learned if I napped, I would never wake up. So I didn't nap. I would work out and then um, do more work, study for the next day. Because mm-hmm. there's just, so you're much. doing a two-hour live show. You have to know everything. Yeah. There was so much to study. And I'm a, like, I need to know everything. You right. Know? I'm not a good grazer. So, uh, yeah. How would you, what was the way that you, like, took in information the best? Did you, like, have note like cards or do you, things down. do you like to write things down? Yeah, if I really need to memorize something, I have to write it down. I think statistically most people are like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to do that. Sometimes like if, for auditions? Sometimes if it's, like, a hard scene, I'll, like, write, hand write out um, yeah, all helps. my lines. And just it just sort of, like, gets, It you know. solidifies it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I think all great speakers do that because... Like, for instance, I used to ask my dad, like, how does Bill Clinton's, like, he just asked him the most complicated question. How did he just speak like that off the cuff? And my dad was like, he's been saying this stuff for 20 years. It's not the first time he's been thinking about this. Right, right, right. And so I think, like, all great speakers have their sound bites written out for Mm -hmm. the most part. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, Kind of with family, merging, like, family and career, um... Besides, I, I just love that you had this, like, political dinner with your grandpa on yeah. Sundays. That's amazing. Always. But what else? What other sort of takeaways, big takeaways from your family have sort of helped you grow into the person that you that you are? Or maybe... That's and a then good I, question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think all of my family has always been very loud and opinionated. Like, mm-hmm. grandparents, aunts, uncles. Um, and so... I think I became a good listener because I didn't want to fight with the noise. I never, like, I wouldn't fight for my opinion, so I would listen to everybody. Um, And I think that's helped me because I I think you can't be a good interviewer unless you're a good listener. Um, But what else has informed it? Um, I think my dad, in a lot of ways, his way of thinking, like the way he would talk to us about current events or... um, even like pose hypotheticals, we would play the what if game 
all the time, which was like, okay, what if you go, like, say you go to school and Jessica, I'm making up a name, Mm -hmm. you know, does X, Y, and Z, what are you going to do? And it was his way of, like, making sure we weren't getting in trouble because if we had thought about the scenario beforehand. That's such a good way to, like, teach kids. Like, he gamified it. Mm -hmm. And it was, I actually do that in my life now. I think, like, Mm -hmm. I play out all the scenarios. What if, you know? Yeah. What if. Yeah. I do that in interviews. Like, I Mm -hmm. think when I have a really important interview coming up, like, say it's with... Oprah, I've never interviewed her, right. but we're going to manifest that. Yes, yes uh, we are. But, like, I think about, okay, the first question I ask her, what is she going to say back? And then what am I going to ask back? To, like, I literally play the interview out in my head five different ways. Right. Because mm-hmm. then if you're in it, you it's not the first time you've been there. Yeah. You know? That's so funny because that's, like, the same thing with... Um a scene, although you, like, already know that it's... You already know the direction it's going, but, like, as the character, you don't... You know, you're you're just, like, supposed to live in every moment, so you're, you know, you have to think those thoughts of you think that, oh, I love you, and then the person says, well, fuck you, and you're like, I wasn't expecting... You know, like, you kind of have to... Yes. That's that's the most natural way to sort of play play through a scene is to, you know, do that exact same thing. You know, That's what what were you expecting them to say? And then did they do that or mm-hmm. did they not do that? And then how do you then continue the conversation to get what you want? Yep. Um, besides Oprah, who else is your dream to interview? Oh, I have so many. Um, I don't know if this is popular lately, but I have been a longtime admirer and fan of Hillary Clinton. I would love to be able to talk to her. Even... Like, not interview her, just get, like, five minutes of yeah. time. Um, I met Gloria Steinem recently, which I, was, like, a huge icon wow. for me. Mm-hmm. I'd love to interview her, but mm-hmm. I got to ask her, like, three questions. Um, who else? I would love to interview Glennon Doyle. She's um, an activist and author. Uh, I think you would love her books, actually. I just read her book, Love Warrior, which um, if I'm, like, going through something or sad, I listen to her audiobook. Oh, that's, that's She's great advice. like, really an intuitive, honest writer. Um, who else? I used to have a list. A list, yeah. Of, like, dream interviews. Um, it's changed. It used to be more so, um, like, actors and musicians, and it's mm-hmm. changed now to more, like, um, politicians and activists and writers, because I think my interests have shifted a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I still love interviewing actors and musicians because I think there's um, there's something incredibly beautiful and incredibly brave about being an actor or musician because most of the ones I know like you and Maddie and all my other friends and the ones that um, I've gotten to interview like are really smart people that could have been like anything Mm -hmm. you know like you guys could have done anything you put your mind to and you've given up all sense of certainty (laughs) to pursue something that you really love yeah which um I think is so brave so like interviewing somebody with that sense of um passion and gravitas Mm -hmm. is always interesting to me definitely yeah I know I like since I've started this I mean, like, the dream of this would be, like, t- 
to have you and your like grandma teaching me like how to make the cake like oh, while well, you we like talk. <laughs> I would want you there so that I wasn't just like hanging out with your grandma. Like I would want the family dynamic. She'll be cooking all the time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's stick to what we're both good right. At. Exactly. Although she's a funny, she's really funny. She's oh, I'm witty. sure. I'm yeah. sure you get that wit. And from, I'm not from, so witty. She's really. She's funny. She's funny. Yeah, she's really. I think she's Dutch and Dutch. Mm. The Dutch have language. That. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of sayings, like puns, kind of. Mm. It's built into their language. So she has all these things she says. I'm like, how did, how you, did think you think of that? Of that? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, no, but my dream for this is that it would be like learning how to make whatever recipe with the person or just like that. kind of like talking through that. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just something about family dinners, like you said, that really. And just like the dynamics mm-hmm. of it, and the smells, and the sounds, and like you yelling on top of each other, and um, yeah. Were there any sort of like anything come to mind of like, oh wow, that dinner that was like a disastrous Thanksgiving, or <laughs> that was like that this was like a birthday dinner, or some sort of what have you that you like? So my mom, um, I don't know how she did this. She had so much going on, but she always did a kid's party for our birthdays, Mm -hmm. and then she would do something called a family party. So, like, we would have, like, a kid's birthday, and then, seriously, like, through college, even, we would have a family birthday, and so, Uh like, all of our family from both sides would come over, cousins, aunts, uncles, and we'd all have dinner. And, And it was, like... Those are probably some of my best memories, and I'm so grateful for her because that's so much work. I mean, we have when everybody comes, it's like 30, 35 people, oh maybe more. Yeah, and she just would do it. She's she amazing. It. Yeah, and those were like so bonding and fun. Yeah, that's such a good tradition to have too, because if you have the ability to all get together, that's just so special. Exactly, it really is. Do you have cousins? Are your cousins all kind of like close age range, or are they like spread out? We're all over the place, kind of. Um, like even second cousins, we were close with, so oh like gosh. they would come. Um, yeah, my second cousin is like one of my good friends. He's out in LA sometimes, so that's fun. Um, but yeah, family was always really important. Um, I think. I've learned the importance of friends over the years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was like a natural instinct for me because growing up, everything I learned was family first, family, family, family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't until I moved away that I learned like, oh, your friends can be your family too, but like you just have to cultivate that. Yeah. You have to work at it yeah. um, in a different way because yeah. until you get to a certain place with people, then they can kind of just, you know, waver in and yeah, out. Yeah, waver yeah. in and out, for sure. Yeah. Um, did you ever work in a, in a restaurant? Have you ever? Oh, yeah. It was my least favorite job <laughs> ever. It's literally why I quit music. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I was a waitress at Rosebud uh, after my freshman year of college that whole summer. Oh, my God. I made, like, no money. I should have made so much money. I don't know how that, like, I think I made, like, two grand for the whole summer, which is so embarrassing. But they give me the worst shifts. Like, I was on lunch hour with oh, all, like, yeah, the yeah, old yeah. women who wouldn't tell me. Who didn't want to, yeah. Um, but I learned so much. I will never ask a waiter for a straw or for ketchup now because I know how annoying it is to go, like, <laughs> run to the back when you have a table you're trying to take yeah, care of. Yeah, oh, it's my like, God. Can you ask me for all of it up front, Friendly. please? Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean... 
look, I definitely am sometimes because I'm a server too. Like, yeah, I'm the person who's like, can I have some hot water with lemon? But that is also the most oh, annoying the most thing. you can't charge from it. For you can't it. charge for it, and then sometimes you can't even like ring it in. So like, yes. you have to go, go do it yourself. It. Exactly, it's so frustrating. Um, I also taught my whole family to try, if they have cash on them, tip in cash instead of on the credit card. Oh, yes. That's also a nice a nice thing not to do. Not that you're not trying to tip out to everybody right, else, but, but sometimes. sometimes, you know, <laughs> having that cash is uh, good. Is good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's important for everyone, I mean, if they can, just to, like, experience time in a restaurant so that it makes, oh, yeah. you know, you have a whole... I, I feel like my experience taught my whole family. Yeah. My dad had done it in college, so he knew, but like my mm-hmm. mom and my brother had it and they were like, had a whole newfound respect for people. You're like, and you're like, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. God, that made me think of the other night I had a shift where I like asked if someone wanted something like a refill and then I come back and of course like the person's like, oh, can I have that too? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I asked you like two minutes sure. ago. <laughs> no problem. Great. Smile on my face. It's yeah. all, it's all no, it's a really, it's a hard job and there's weird power dynamics involved in it. Like, I remember my boss, he was this like mobby Italian guy. He was really nice, but he'd be like, Danielle, quit smiling so much. And I'm like, what? I'm trying to be nice to the customers. And he's like, stop smiling. They're taking advantage of you. They think they can be mean to you and push you around because you're smiling so much. And he was right. But I didn't see it. I was so young. Mm-hmm. But I see that now in life. Like, if you don't smile at someone, you're not giving them your approval. People, mm. like, and then so they're, like, working for it, you know? It's interesting. <sighs> well, maybe I just try not to smile the next shift I have. I, I would be curious to do it as, like, a science experiment. <laughs> no, totally. I'm going to do this the next time and just be, like... Not a dick, but no, like, no, no. you know, you perfectly just, yeah, nice. perfectly nice. Um, oh, this is this is fun. Yeah. This is a fun little game to play. I know. Did you um, did you have to wear a uniform? Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. It was horrible, and I had to buy like these special shoes because after my first week, I was in so much pain because you're standing and running. Like my back, I thought was gonna mm-hmm. give out. Yep. Um, so I bought these like ugly nurse type shoes. <laughs> yeah, dance goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, it's a thing. They're sexy. I've actually, the funny thing is, is I've never owned a pair of dance goes because I think I just refused, refused <laughs> to, to buy it. But I have these like, I mean, I've had, I've had like fugly pairs of shoes though. Like all these, the all black right now I'm like rocking a slip on pair of Dr. Scholl's yeah. like <laughs> something or other, but yeah. Yeah. You have to have your go-tos cause it gets too painful. I know. You got to take care of those feet. Mm-hmm. Got to take care of them. <laughs> wow. I had no idea you worked in a restaurant. Yeah. I had a lot of weird jobs. What else? What other weird? I was a dancer for bar and bat mitzvahs in high school, mm-hmm. like on Saturday nights. Yep. That's how I, like, paid for all my gas money. Um, What else did I do? I was a babysitter. I was a tutor when I first moved to L.A. Like, I would, like, tutor with, like, third and fourth graders. Mm -hmm. I worked at a spin studio in college. I would, like, clean all the bikes. That was really one of the worst. That was probably... That could have been... No, it was second to 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 waitressing. Serving. Um, Because waitressing was just longer hours. Yeah. Um, it was gross. Like the, yeah. I would go into the sweaty room and clean all the bikes and just be like rank. Ugh. Yeah. I, I mean like I like boycotted spin classes for like two years after that. I <laughs> could, <laughs> I had like PTSD. Um, yeah. But I think all of those, you know, like give you 
a broader set of experiences to pull from and like also more empathy for people. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I always, um, there's always a story behind everyone who you interact with, like regardless of whether they're the, you know, barista at Starbucks or they're handing you your takeout at McDonald's, which I sometimes do at late at night. I just want those fries. (laughs) I know it's bad, but yeah, no, there's like every, everyone has that and 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 it's just so important to like keep the humanity. I think what's weird is when you put a uniform on, you immediately can easily like be like, oh yeah, you're just like a cog in the machine. That's interesting. I wonder if it is the uniform that does that. Oh, I know it is the uniform because when I would sob at John and Vinny's and I got to wear my own clothes, I mean, the amount of respect, more respect I got from people. That's so interesting. Was mind blowing. Huh. That is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hate wearing a uniform now because yeah. of, because of that, because I just know, you know, people, and it's not their fault. It's just that like, you know, well, I wonder if like restaurants should just have waiters wear all black or something. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I wish that my, the restaurant I was currently at had all black situation because then at least you can kind of like choose what the black yeah. option is. It's but also more comfortable. Like I remember they'd made me wear this like really like stuffy hot white shirt that was like I'm like sweating in this you know yeah it was a summer I had to I worked at Spago for a few months here and um I had a white button-up shirt a tie and like a vest component horrible it was that's like way too many pieces it was it was very <gasps> like I, yeah. I I get I guess now why guys like undo their ties yeah it's and they're sweaty. just like you just like feel so no thank you so cramped yeah um before I hop into some like rapid fire questions yeah one thing that I wanted to touch on because we're both in such like image focused industries Mm -hmm. is how and you kind of brought this up earlier about how you like with calorie count and all that but how is how is your relationship with food and eating and everything now that you are such like a public figure and face I don't know if I consider myself a public figure and face well you are (laughs) um I when I was growing up I always felt like every time I put on a pair of jeans I was like ugh like I would feel my stomach over it and I was so obsessed with my weight I always felt really uncomfortable in my body did you have a scale were you the type of person that like weighed themselves or you just sort of like knew I just felt like my boobs were big like Mm -hmm. I just felt so uncomfortable and I was always really athletic, so mm. that was also hard because, like, I wanted to run, but, like, my it was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom's friend, Karen Malkin, who's a health counselor, um, I did a few sessions with her when I was in college. I Sophomore year, I moved into the sorority house I was in, mm-hmm. and I gained, like, 10, 15 pounds. And my mom was like, okay, we need to do something about this. <laughs> and I had a few sessions with Karen, and she changed my life because... I hadn't gone to therapy ever that, and Mm -hmm. she was the first person who asked me questions about myself that made me think. And so like, I realized that I was overeating because I was saying yes to everything. And Mm -hmm. I felt like I had no time for myself. So I started saying no and I dropped the weight like in six weeks. It was, I didn't even try. It was so easy. And that was like one point. Then, um, about 
three, three and a half years ago, I quit my job at Entertainment Tonight Online, and I had about six months without a job, maybe eight months before I moved to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started taking cooking classes with this woman, Lisa, who um, was like a holistic mm-hmm. health counselor and also um, like naturopath. Mm-hmm. And she taught me how to make like certain eggs and salmon and stuff. And I, for the first time, realized like, oh, I have control over what I'm putting in my body. And for some, I don't know why, like I wasn't on that journey, but for some reason working with her changed everything. And, um, I no longer struggled with my weight. I was like consistent. I'd always Mm yo-yo. Um, I was consistent after that. And I just looked at my body in a different way. Like I was like, oh, I'm so grateful for my legs that hold me up and help me run. And I'm so grateful for my feet and, um, you know, I had a friend, um, Courtney, who, what was that show, So You Think You Can Dance? Yeah. She was on that show, like, early on, and um, later she was, she's, I don't know, 30-something, she's very young, mm-hmm. and she was diagnosed with MS, and her whole life was her body, her movement, yeah. and she posted something one day um, that she went to a Barry's boot camp, and her feet were giving out, and she couldn't finish the class, and um, I thought to myself, oh my God. Never again am I going to be like, oh, I don't want to work out. I get to work out. My body works for me. Mm-hmm. And that, like, changed that. Like, just my mindset of, like, using food as fuel kind of changed everything. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think that that is, it's so important to have a healthy relationship with, with food. Because we are, are in such, going back to the Instagram, like, a food-obsessive culture. Yeah. Um, in like, oh my God, I see this. Like, I want to try that. I mean, I am such a, a victim, a victim to that. But then you also have to just like, again, you, you can't say yes to everything all the time. And you have to just like, you have to know what works. You have to know your body and know what works for you. And that, that takes time to learn and it's trial and error and it's different for everybody. You know, like some, for some people, paleo really works for their body. For some people, they need more carbs. Yeah. So it's just trial and error, and you kind of have to be in touch with with what makes you feel good. And still love yourself and your body, which is easier said than done along the way, of of trying and figuring out what works. Um, Because, you know... And enjoy, because food is also, like, part of festivities and fun and family and moments, and it's not fun to feel like you're missing out on that. Right. Yeah, there's there's some good quote. I'm going to botch it, but there... You know, some someone like those extra like five to ten pounds, like that's me spending time with my family. That's eating a ca- piece of birthday cake at you know my niece's third birthday. That is you know yeah. just like all those little having a drunk slice of pizza with my girlfriends when we like go out. You know, that's like all those sort of moments that still let you live um, fully. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well. So I have some fun let's do it rapid fire kind of questions. I mean, you don't have to answer them just like rapidly, but they're just, no, I'll you try. know, like I'll try. I love games. That's okay. my favorite part. Um we'll start we'll, we'll start easy. Okay. Um toasted or untoasted bagel? Oh, for sure toasted. What kind of bagel? Everything. Everything. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Cocktail of choice. Anything that tastes like spa water. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you always have blank in your fridge. 
Oh, I always have butter. <laughs> I love butter. And I always have LaCroix mm-hmm. and avocados. And avocados? Yeah. Um, and eggs. And eggs. What is your go-to snack? Hmm. Actually don't snack very often. I'm more of a meal gal. Um, but go-to snack... Oh, I like like the um, the mix from Whole Foods with like chocolate and nuts and almonds and all of that. Ooh, yeah. I, I love chocolate, so yeah. Anything, so anyway, yeah. anything with chocolate. Um, so you're having a hypothetical din- dinner party. Okay. What is on the menu? And then you can like order in or like do whatever. Ooh, I like this. What are you serving? For sure, a big salad with dressing on the side because I really hate when I go somewhere and salads are like so dressed yep. that I can't eat them. So <laughs> I'm gonna have like a really big salad. Um, probably my favorite food is chicken, but I think I'm better at cooking salmon. Okay. So I'll do like teriyaki salmon with a few veggies, maybe like squash and Brussels sprouts. Yep. And then mashed potatoes. Oh. Yum. Mashed potatoes. Should we make this a thing? Yes. Okay, I'll invite you. I would love that. It'll just be me, you, and Maddie. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But if you could have dream dinner guests, who who would they be? Um, For sure, Oprah. Um, I really want to meet her. She, like, her podcast changed my life. Um, I'd like to have Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard. They seem so fun. Yes. I really like them. I love them. Glenn and Doyle, 100%. Um, Hillary Clinton, my mom and dad, my brother, um, my papa. I don't know. He doesn't believe in the afterlife or anything, so I don't know what. <laughs> yeah. But we'll just, but like, yeah. put him right yes. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Obama would be nice. Yeah. I'd like to meet Barack. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, so, who have... Who are you dying to interview besides Oprah? I guess I already said that. Who you were dying to interview Oprah and... I can give you another one. I I really want to interview Sophia Bush. Yes. Yeah. I like what she stands for. Me too. Um, And her voice is really sexy as well. Oh, yes. She has such a sexy voice. Yeah. And then um, who, who have been some of your favorite people to interview? Yeah. Um... So one person I interviewed when I first moved to L.A. was this actor, Thomas Sadowski. Oh, yeah, he's on Life in Pieces with my friend Ansh. Yes, and he um, was one of my favorite interviews. He really inspires me. He's so smart. Oh, my God. And so kind to everybody and Mm -hmm. truly is a purist. Like, he loves acting so much. Mm. And that's so special. You know, like, he's in it truly because he loves the craft. Um, So that's really cool. Um, one of my favorites, Simon Cowell really surprised Ooh, me. Really? He kind of changed the course of my career, actually. I owe him because he gave me, like, an exclusive one time that then this company hired me. And, um, you know, you expect him from the TV shows he's on to kind of be, like, quick and snappy and right. maybe not so nice. And he's actually incredibly charming and charismatic and very kind to everybody in the entire room you're in. Um, so it's always the people that like surprise you. Oh, I would really like to interview The Rock. That would yes, be a good one. Yes, that would be that would be really and cool. Clooney, and Chelsea Handler. Oh, I oh. really want to meet Chelsea Handler. Yeah, she's. I, love her. I think she was at a coffee shop I was at the other day, <gasps> and I was like, Oh my god! 
Yes, I love her. Please. Yeah. Um, and then just to kind of wrap it up, when you when you think of if you could define family meal on your own yeah. terms, what would you what would you say family meal is to you? Hmm. It's a good question. Family meal is like an in- intention is so important in life in everything we do, and I think that family dinner or a family meal is like setting the intention to spend time together. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's less about what we're eating and more about like the reason to gather. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And just having that that time. Yeah, there's something about sitting around a table and sharing a meal. It's like it it makes people put their phones down. It makes them focus. It makes them set the intention that I'm here to spend time with these people instead of like, it's even different, like sitting on a sofa together. It's just not the same. There's something about a meal. Yeah. Being around a table. It's like almost ritually. Yes. It's ritualistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yay. Thank well, you, Nat. This thank is so you. Nice. I'm so happy that I got to share this time with you. Um, please, if there's anything else you want to add, um, where can people find you? Uh, Danielle Robay everywhere, but most importantly, um, you guys need to all taste these cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I still smell them. There's like a little salt sprinkled on the top. Um, and you're just, you're so warm and welcoming. And so even like in this podcast session, you made me feel so comfortable. Thank oh, you. Good. I am so happy. Um, yeah, people will be able to try the cookies because I will be putting the recipe out there. Um, I mean, what a gift. I was thinking that was going to be a secret recipe. No, got to gotta share the love with the people, you yeah. know? Um, so good. But thank you again so much. And I just, I can't believe this is like 15 years later of, of our friendship and we're out here just we're gonna be doing this at 30 really I know I know except it'll be like the other way around like I'll be sitting on the couch next to you oh yeah you're gonna be like on so many tv shows and in films and I'm gonna be like <laughs> Natalie just one question oh no <laughs> I'll be like I'm giving her ex- the exclusive to <laughs> yes I love to that. that I'll Simon Cowell everything I love it. yeah Perfect. but um again you are just such a delight and I'm Thank so you like proud of everything that you've done and everything that you're continuing to do and just that you are moving into different dynamic storytelling and have different interests and are, you know, just being, I just love that you are so involved with the politics and just other sort of missions. Yeah. I mean, we're in the entertainment capital of, of the U S but that, that that's not necessarily where your interests um, are grounded. And I think that that's really refreshing. Thank you. I mean, you really inspire me because I think you constantly move forward. You, like, have so many things going on. You're always making sure to live your life, which I need a little bit more of. So (laughs) I actually, like, when I see you on Instagram or in real life, I'm like, got to do more of that. Hey, well, we can uh, continue to live life uh, off off the podcast. Yeah, perfect. And um, Cookie time? Cookie time, yes. Let's do it. All right. Thank (laughs) you, guys, and I will see you again soon. Bye.